Wow, what a joy. It seems like Wednesday just jumped up and grabbed us, friend. I know Monday, I don't, I don't know what you did on Monday. It was a holiday for most people. Many of you, you know, were at the beach and some of you are barbecuing or smoking and others of you fixing a good old country meal and all that went with it. And I know some of you are at the beach now. Welcome and God bless you. And some of you are headed to the beach. Some are headed to the mountains. But you know what? It doesn't matter what, what is going on around us. It doesn't matter what season that we're in. It doesn't matter what situation. Here's what I know. God is in control. Would you say that with me? God is in control. I believe that with all of my heart. Well, the message is titled, Trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. I mean, just trust the Lord. My grandmother used to say, just trust Jesus. Just trust the Lord. And we know that if we listen to those three little words, trust the Lord, then I want you to know that our life is going to be better. Here's what you've heard me say at least a thousand times. The footsteps of a righteous what? Of a righteous person is what? Is ordered of the Lord. That's why some people have used the term luck around me. Oh, they were lucky. And I go to that and I said, okay. Uh, the footsteps of a lucky person are ordered of the Lord. Now it says the footsteps of a righteous person. That is a right relationship vertically with God. And you can't have a horizontal bad relationship and think that you have a perfect uh, vertical relationship. Because that vertical relationship is manifested horizontally. We are to walk by faith and not by what? Not by sight. Not by GPS, we're to walk by faith. And we've been doing that the last several weeks and, and actually months now with the COVID-19 thing. We've been walking by faith. We've been making decisions and meeting after meeting. God, what do we do here? And we talk about our, our uh, actually coming back into the sanctuary and on June, uh, June the 14th and a lot of meetings there, getting it ready and saying, God, what is it that we need to do? Because here it is, we want to walk by faith. So this message tonight, just kind of listen carefully. Here's what I think it's going to do for all of us. And here it is. It's going to talk about intervention. It's going to talk about a need for obedience. It's going to talk about answered prayer. It's going to talk about promises kept. How many love a promise keeper? Yeah, I know we do. Promises kept. And here's another one. It's going to talk about divine guidance. God does all things well. Say that with me. God does all things well. Well, I know that he does, especially for those, get this now, for those who don't get nervous in their walk with Jesus. Something hard comes along, something we don't understand, we don't get nervous. God does all things well for those who keep the faith. Instead of faltering and, and getting so out of sorts and filled with unbelief and say, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. It says God does all things well through that person who just simply keeps the faith. And then God does all things well for those individuals that do not put God on a time clock. 
You know what I mean? God, I got to have this right here and right now. And Lord, if I don't get this by this deadline, I want you to know I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to be able to honor you the way that I knew that I should. Don't you dare put the supreme uh, ruler of the universe on a time clock. Why are we doing? Because when you trust the Lord, time has nothing to do with it. Well, we go back to Jeremiah. You're going to hear it a couple times. You know Jeremiah. Jeremiah, of course, 29, 11. And this is what it says. It says, for I know the plans, God, I know that, that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to bless you, plans to give you hope, and plans to give you a future. So if you know that, you've logged that in your spirit, you say, okay, if I'm trusting the Lord, that scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11 actually comes to life for me. Now, if we're going to have and enjoy that, we've got to have a trust in God. And God gives us instruction. Hear this now through Isaiah 61, verse 3. And this is kind of a, a confronting question. It says, why should we succumb to the spirit of heaviness? When we trace the oil of gladness and the garment of praise through Christ. In other words, he's saying, if you believe what the preacher just said, footsteps of a righteous person order the Lord. Jeremiah said, I've got great plans for your future. God is speaking. If we know that God does all things well, then here's what Isaiah stepping to the plate. He said, when the challenges come, why should you succumb? to the spirit of heaviness. Why should you let whatever it is you might be enduring or facing or might face in the future, why do you let that just destroy you? Some would say, sink your spiritual and emotional ship. He says, when you can trace the oil of gladness and the garment of praise through Jesus Christ. What does he say? You keep praising you keep trusting, you keep believing. Now for things to go right, and God keeps us on a path, I want to give you three little things that I think might help us. Number one, we must have, we're going to trust the Lord, we must have a covenant trust. A covenant trust. And here it is in the scripture, Genesis 24, 7, the Lord, the God of heaven, who brought me out of my father's household and my native land, who spoke to me and promised me an oath, saying, to you or to your offspring, I will give this land. He will send his angel before you so that you can get a wife for my son from there. Abraham, that's who we're talking about right here. He said, God's promised that he's going to give me a seed and my son is going to inherit the assets with which God has blessed me with. Now, Abraham's an old man. Now, you'd have to determine what an old man is. He's on up there in age. He is very, 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 very old. He has wealth that is unbelievable. He has served God well. You read there in the Old Testament and Genesis and you say, man, Abraham, you, you did well in your service and, and your committed walk with God. Did he make a mistake or two? Absolutely. Who doesn't? But as a whole, his goal was, I'm going to honor Jehovah. He had favor with his people. 
individuals that were related and individuals that he was leading and he was at peace with his enemies. You see, the beautiful part about that is when you have the strength of Almighty God on your side and you're following a path where the blessing of the Lord is pouring down on you, your enemies look and say this, there is no way that ought to be happening to that old man. It must be coming from his God who is Jehovah. So we are not going to take him on or any of his people. His wife, Sarah, had died. It grieved his heart. She's no longer there to give him wisdom and counsel, etc. So it's just Abraham. He's got a young son who is a handsome boy who's Isaac. And here's what he has, a covenant with God. Now, covenant is not a contract. Contract has paragraphs in in a contract that says this contract is good as long as this, this, and this is met. This contract is good as long as you don't violate the principle uh, of the contract. But a covenant, a covenant is what God gave to us. Here's, Here's the covenant. My covenant is the covenant of love with you. You belong to me. I have plans to bless you. I'm going to love you if you walk away from me. I'm going to love you if you get crossways with me. I'm going to love you if you lose your way. I'm going to love you if you blow it over and over again. And you keep promising me that you won't do it again, but you do. I want you to know my covenant is with you. And if God tells you, that this is the covenant, my friend, you can stake everything that you know in the sameness of your mind that God will perform. You cannot lose with God. Say that with me. You cannot lose with God. So here's what happens. He's wealthy. He has peace. Sarah's dead. And at this time, he has one focus, one simple focus. Everything is going pretty smoothly. He realizes his time is coming to an end. And he said, here's the last thing that needs to be accomplished for the covenant and the promise of God to be fulfilled. I've got Isaac over there, and Isaac needs a spouse. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife, findeth what? Sure, you know, findeth a a good thing. You know, if you have that perspective, I promise you, you're going to be a happy camper. He said, Isaac needs a companion. And Isaac needs a companion, not just for his own personal use and benefit to love, but with Isaac and a spouse, children will be born that will carry on the seed and the legacy of Abraham. And of the promise of God. So you see, this wasn't just about getting on dating.com or whatever the case. This was the promise and the covenant of God that was dependent, it appears, on Isaac finding a wife. And dependent on Isaac finding the right wife before Abraham died. So he desired for that to take place. So that's the big challenge here that he had. Now, he summoned his servant. This servant, from everything that I can read, was an extension of the hand and the arm and the mouth of Abraham. 
Abraham trusted him supremely. He was an extension of Abraham. I know that because he trusted him so well. He tells him to go to Nahor. He tells him to look for a fitting mate for Isaac. Well, this servant knew how, no doubt, Abraham thought. He knew that when he talked that he ought to listen. He knew that God had blessed him, that he was right because he had that sage of wisdom. And Abraham declares to his servant, I want a covenant relationship with you. Here's what, Mr. Servant, this is what God told me. All right? The Lord God of heaven gave me an oath. My offspring, Isaac, you know him. All the land will belong to him. And he will multiply my seed through my son. So here it is. Isaac gets a wife, but it's a big, big deal that the multiplication process rests upon Isaac. It rests upon whoever his spouse is going to be, and we'll find out in a moment. But it rests upon the obedience of this servant. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find my son a wife. That is the covenant. Now, many people that you know have dreams for the future. They feel like that someone or something or something they read or some promise they have deep down in their heart, that they believe that that dream will, will come to pass someday. They have desires of their heart and think... Uh, Think, well, I, you know, God, in my desire, if, you, if you're a single guy or a gal, often I've heard them say, I, I've heard, I, I need a wife or I need a husband. I need a this, I need a that. Well, you just pay attention to what God has and, and, and they have goals for which they are believing. God, I set a path five years ago to be at this place financially, to be at this place positionally, and I, I've been working toward that. And yet, Here's what we know. Sometimes those dreams and those goals and those circumstances just haven't materialized. Haven't materialized. And what we do is we forget that God does all things well. We forget the covenant relationship. We forget Jeremiah. We begin to draw off the unmet expectations. You see, it is the desire of the enemy to create circumstances in our lives, and he does it every day or it tries to, causing us to focus on our unmet promise, unmet expectation, as opposed to the covenant promise of God. The enemy can never bring heartbreak to you as long as you remember the covenant of promise that God has for you. Some people, the enemy will bring us to what I call tunnel vision, and God will try to give us the big picture vision. Here's tunnel vision. See how this fits. Here it is. Reduce your future to your present disappointment. Well, it's all there is. I prayed and prayed. I believed and believed. I trusted and trusted. And then here's what happens. You simply take your future and you look at it through your present disappointments. Tunnel vision will cause you to limit God to time and space. you got this much time to do it. It's got to be this year. And not only that, tunnel vision will reduce your faith to your feeling alone. Your faith will have nothing to do with it. You will never find in the Bible where it says you are to be, we are to be led by our feelings. It says we are to be led by faith. 
We are to be led by the promise. And then not only that, when you have tunnel vision, you tie the hands of the supernatural. God can do very little with you and with me when, in fact, that we tie his hands by because of the lack of belief that we just give up. We lose sight of the covenant and the promise. Listen to me, friend. Many of you out there listening right now, God is beginning to resonate with your spirit. I want you to know something is going to rise up in you before this message is over, and you're going to have a different vision. You're going to have the vision that I call the big picture vision. I like that one. In other words, it looks beyond the present disappointment. It looks beyond, oh, that was, a, that was a bump in the road, or that was a strong curve, and I, I didn't get the curve. But listen, I'm looking beyond that disappointment. And not only that, you believe that this could be the day of fulfilled expectations. God, well, I, I know that it's about 7.05 in the evening. If you're going you're gonna to do it, you're going to have to hurry up. Well, we still believe you've got plenty of time, God, to do what it is you're going to do. And here's what else. You see, that big vision enlarges faith. And our future. Here's what I believe. When a person is trusting God, that when challenges come, do you know what it does to that person's faith? It makes them stronger. And let me tell you why. I've always believed this. Something happens you can't control. Something goes sour. Something brings disappointment to you. Here's what I've always thought. The devil must know for sure that something would benefit me. And so he's trying to wreck my plan. And if the enemy is trying to wreck my plan, trying to wreck my dream, trying to wreck my emotion, I want you to know I'm going to get stronger and bigger because I know God has got this thing under control. And then it causes God, provokes God to increase his blessing. I trust God because he has a covenant that is given to me. How about you? Number two, there must be a purposeful obedience. I want to obey. The old song we used to sing, trust and obey. Phrase that we use right out of the scripture. That, that obedience is better than barbecue. No, obedience is better than sacrifice. Now you think about what that means for a moment. The supreme key to God doing and continuing his covenant and favor in your life is obedience. So it has to be purposeful. So here we go. Genesis 24, 12. Then he prayed, O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. You hear that servant? He prays a lot like Abraham. Prays a lot like Abraham. Why? Because Abraham taught him to pray. He learned to trust God. And this is what he says. You see, Abraham trusted the servant, and he gave him specific instructions. He said, son, I want you to give me an oath of a covenant. A covenant that you will do what I say do. Exactly. Fine, my son and wife. She doesn't need to be a Canaanite. She needs to be an extension of our people. I want you to get one of my own extended family. And listen, I do not desire that Isaac go with you. I don't want him to go. Can you imagine the trust 
that must have been for Abraham with that servant to say, Isaac's not going. And do you know what that servant may have thought? Man, I'm going to find a wife. And the guy who really is going to be the husband is not going. I'm talking trust, my friend. And God will meet you supernaturally. You hear me, Mr. Servant? Supernaturally. You see, we sometimes forget because we get into the intricate details of the natural. But God does not function in the natural. He functions in the supernatural. And if you find a woman who will not return with you, then you are released from the oath. And Abraham's servant did exactly what Abraham asked him to do. He did not violate one iota of the plan. So I say, God does all things well when we see our dreams fulfilled, if we're obedient to God's word. But as I mentioned a moment ago, sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Think about that with me. We may require more than God requires to bring to pass a covenant agreement. Not only that, we may have disciplines that we have aborted. I mean, God, I, I expect that same covenant, but I'm not faithful right now. I know I'm walking awry and walking away, and I haven't been obedient. God, I, my devotions and my giving, all of that, but, but God, I, I know you, you abort the disciplines. You abort the potential of the expediency of that relationship. And you may lose focus and expectations. Just lose it because it's not the, on the front burner anymore. And you may not be available when God begins to speak to you. You see, don't put God on the clock on a timeline. Abraham placed the fulfillment of his covenant in the hands of a trusted servant. Can you imagine as you read this book how valuable that servant was, how valuable his act of obedience was, that that started, that started the wonderful seed of the future of what we know, the Jewish people. It was that seed that was there. The obedience of this servant became the key of the fulfillment of Abraham and Isaac's fulfillment and future. Purposeful obedient. So God, I got it. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. I'm going to have worldwide vision that's God-ordained. I'm not going to be taken aside when something hits me. I'm just going to be obedient. Finally, we must be divinely led. Divinely led. I want to be divinely led. Lead me, Lord. Genesis 24. Drink, my Lord, she said. And quickly lowered the jar to her hands and gave him a drink. And after she had given him a drink, she said, I will draw water for your camels too until they have finished drinking. Abraham's servant traveled for days to get the Nahor. When he arrived in late afternoon, he waited at the well. He prayed for God to give him expedient success. I'm here on a mission. A lot's on my shoulders. The fulfillment of the covenant is here with me. And he prayed, God, help me fulfill that covenant. And before he finished praying, I mean one more good-looking Dark-haired, dark-eyed gal named Rebecca came walking up. 
He asked for water. He was a stranger. That was violation number one. She's not supposed to give water to a stranger. She drew him water, however. She went beyond the call of duty, and she watched and watered his camels at well. You see, that servant knew this woman is not acting in the ordinary way. She's acting in a supernatural way. What I'm suggesting to you, that God will not only work through you supernaturally, if you remain obedient to him, but he will work in other things supernaturally to bring to pass the fulfillment of God's covenant in your own life. And that's a fact. And when I said, don't put God in a box, did you know that God used a prostitute? Her name was Rahab to help bring to pass deliverance and to bring to pass so that Jericho could be marched on properly? Did you know that? Did you know that God used a donkey, my friend, that doesn't have a spirit that is eternal and used that donkey in order to bring to pass the plan of God? What am I recommending to you? I'm recommending to you, if you do your part, God trusts the Lord. If you have that vision, if you are in fact obedient, God will use whatever he needs that may not seem normal to you to bring it to pass. Well, it was unbelievable. She walked up. She watered his camels. Rebecca was exactly what God desired for Isaac. She met every requirement that God had for Isaac. You look at the possible challenges. What could have happened? You walk in a supernatural path with God. The footsteps of a righteous person. You walk in that path. And let me tell you something, friend. God will do miraculous things in your midst. Isaac never saw her before she was declared his wife. But you know what? God said, I'm not going to bring you the scraps. I'm not bringing you a little frail gal. They're great plans I have. I'm going to bring you the best looking one out of the bunch. And Rebecca was beautiful. The servant could have dropped the ball and said, well, I'm out by myself. Isaac's not here. What am I going to do to find him a wife? Well, what if he'd been late or miss being at the well? And what if she had had a bad day, said, hey, old man, servant, you get your own water. You're a stranger. I don't have anything to do with you. Go ahead and get out of here. But the servant went to a well that was not a place of affluence. But get this now. It was the designated place where God wanted to perform his miracle. Where are you at tonight? Where are you camping? Where is your position? Don't murmur and grumble and complain because who knows where you're at might be the very place that God is going to pour his blessing out. Here's what it says, that when the servant saw Rebekah, without saying a word, the man watched her closely to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. And his response, of course, he realized it after he watched her, after he talked with her, 
after he, he had an opportunity to engage with her. This is what he said. Then the man bowed down and worshiped the Lord, saying, Praise be to the Lord, God of my master Abraham. He's looking out for my master, who has not abandoned his kindness and faithfulness to my master. God, you've been faithful to Abraham. And as for me, as for me, the Lord has led me on the journey to the house of my master's relative. Who led him on the journey? The Lord. The Lord. Let me encourage you, COVID-19 is out there. But the best place to be is in the path God has for you. And when you walk in that path, when you need to be where God needs you to be, if you're obedient, you'll be there right on time. Don't put him on a time clock. Trust him. Ask for forgiveness. You see, God does all things well. We proclaim and we stand on our trust in him. We maintain focus with purposeful action. And we, we believe that we and others are divinely led of God, fulfilling the call of God. And so it's easy in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me, when you seek me, when you seek me with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. You got a problem? It's not bigger than your trust in God. You got a situation that's driving you nuts? Stop right there. Take a stand and say, God, I'm trusting in you. We know God's spoken to us tonight, don't we? Someone asked those of you that are watching wherever you're at, I want to ask you just to bow your heads if you can and just repeat this prayer. Could you do that? And you can say it in your heart or you can say it out loud. We know that people do both. And so let's just, Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, I am grateful for your grace and mercy. I believe by faith you have a plan for me. I believe by faith you have a covenant for me. But I can have that covenant if I humble my heart and I trust in you. So please take my sin. I am sorry. I have messed things up. And I need to come home. I need you to forgive me. I need to feel the joy of what it means to serve you. God, I give you the first priority of my whole life and it's my heart I thank you for this in Jesus name Amen I want you to know you can email us if you feel like God did something I really would like to hear from you go on the website victorylakeland.org those of you on Facebook you can post some message there we just want you to know that my friend it's important to let's give God the glory for what he's done and many times we won't know exactly what he did unless you tell us. We're going to trust him. We're going to continue to worship just a few more minutes. Just, just let the message soak into your spirit and continue to worship him just for a few minutes, everybody. God bless you.